Welcome to Deep Dive Radio. I'm your host, Alan James. This show is dedicated to revealing the truth that lies beneath the surface. Are you ready for the truth? Then join me now for another exciting episode of Deep Dive Radio. Episode 7, The Spike in Dementia. All right, so the spike in dementia, it, you know, it's a little bit of play on words. Um, but it has to do with uh, the spike protein that's inside this mRNA uh, jab. So uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with what that means, a spike protein. So uh, this coronavirus itself was manufactured in a lab. Now, if you're one of those people that think that's a conspiracy theory, then you probably need to turn off the radio right now because uh, you've been asleep for a long time, longer than Rip Van Winkle, okay? Anyway, the, the spike protein was inserted there's the S1 and S2 uh, were inserted into um, this virus in the Wuhan lab. And it, it was, you know, who knows if it was a bioweapon. It probably was a bioweapon. But who knows if it was uh, released accidentally or on purpose. I suppose we'll never know that one. But uh, what happens with the spike protein is um, when it enters your body, it sticks uh, to your blood vessels in, in lay terms, okay? So this, in turn, uh, causes micro uh, blood clots, if you will. And um, uh, by the way, while I'm on that subject, if you've been jabbed and you're listening to this, please ask your doctor to give you a D-dimer test. To, and that's just a way to test to see if you have the potential for uh, your blood clotting. Okay. And then, all right, moving back on to what we were talking about. So now they told all of us when we went to take uh, the shot that it would just stay locally in your arm, you know, where they put the shot in. Well, that was not true. Uh, what they found, the scientists have found out uh, is that it travels throughout your whole body uh, and goes, it goes everywhere, and it breaks the blood-brain barrier. That means it gets into your brain. So that's why, you know, the, thus the title of this, you know, um, the spike in dementia, because it gets in your brain, and that's when the bad stuff starts to happen. All right, so let me bring up an interview um, that was recently aired on uh, The High Wire with Del Bigtree, where he interviews a senior research scientist from MIT, uh, Stephanie Seneff, and what she has to say about what happens to your body and where the stuff goes when you're injected with this jab. Take a listen. So I think the, spl the spleen is loaded up with uh, immune cells that are massively making spike protein, packaging it up into exosomes, releasing them. And they're going to travel along the nerve fibers. They are very good at traveling along nerve fibers. They go from the spleen, they get into the vagus nerve, they travel up to the brain, to the heart, to the liver, to the gut, and they cause trouble because they deliver the spike protein. And even potentially the messenger RNA that makes the spike protein could be inside those exosomes. And they deliver it to all of those critical organs. And then once the spike protein arrives, it causes damage. And that's how you see the heart problems, the, the brain problems, and the liver problems. So do you believe we're gonna see an increase in Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and these, you know, um, these prion-like diseases? I mean, is that is that the concern here? Absolutely, I, I almost have no doubt. Um, and you know, when, when we wrote our first paper, Greg and I, we predicted that it would happen, but we predicted it would take years or decades, so we thought, Younger people are going to start getting Alzheimer's younger and younger, and uh, more and more cases are going to show up over time. But by the time we figure it out, by the time it happens, we won't connect it to the vaccine because it was a long right. time ago. But I think it's happening much faster than that from what I'm seeing. I'm getting email from lots of people who have shared their own personal story with me. And it's been amazing. People who talk about Parkinson's, ALS, 
CJD, which is the prion disease, they're sharing with me personal stories about themselves or their close relatives that are, um, you know, getting very sick after the vaccine. So just in case you were having doubts about uh, the credentials of this lady and who she is, uh, let's uh, listen to a clip I took from uh, the high wire with Dell Bigtree about who this lady is. Take a listen. Now is Dr. Stephanie Senap, senior research scientist at the MIT Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab. Dr. Stephanie Senap, who is a, a major resource in an area that many of us are not very knowledgeable on. She has a BS degree from MIT in biology and MS, EE and PhD degrees from MIT in electrical engineering and computer science. So now you get a clear idea as to the qualifications of this lady and uh, why we should be listening to her. So it brings me to the point. Uh, let me bring up another clip as to um, what she says about the dangers of this vaccine and what uh, her advice is to parents who are being pressured to giving this pseudo vaccine to their children. Listen up. She recently gave a presentation warning of the possible long-term side effects of the COVID vaccines. My topic is COVID-19 vaccines and neurodegenerative disease. And I have to say that I thought glyphosate was the worst chemical I would ever encounter in my lifetime. And now I've met my match with the messenger RNA vaccines. They are extremely um, dangerous in my opinion. And the technology is, is novel and untested and has many unknowns. And there were personal reasons why I was upset with the way the medical establishment uh, is treating things. And I didn't believe the current dogma. Dr. Senef, um this is absolutely terrifying. When you look at the potential harm from these vaccines, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Any parent who's been pressured into giving a child uh, this vac vaccination, what do you say to them tonight? Uh, they should do everything they can to avoid it, absolutely everything they can. Do everything they can to avoid it, absolutely everything they can, okay? Let that sink in, folks. So the next time you hear safe and effective, take the jab, please know that these people are lying to you. Are you going to listen to these people that have conflicts of interest? Or they have patents on coronavirus. They're getting paid hand over fist for this stuff. Or are you going to believe a senior scientist from MIT who happens to be a genius? I know who I'm going to listen to, and it ain't Fauci. So now let's take a deeper dive into a paper she wrote um, about a year ago, actually, with some other uh, scientists. Um, and I'll just read the abstract from that to see, you know, just in more detail as to why she comes to her conclusions. Take a listen. In this paper, we present evidence that vaccination induces a profound impairment in type 1 interferon signaling, which has diverse adverse consequences to human health. Immune cells that have taken up the vaccine nanoparticles release into circulation large numbers of exomes containing spike protein along with critical microRNAs that induce a signaling response in recipient cells at distant sites. Well, she goes on to say, we also identify potential profound disturbances in regulatory control of protein synthesis and cancer surveillance. These disturbances potentially have a casual link to neurodegenerative disease, myocarditis, immune uh, thrombocytopenia, Bell's palsy, liver disease, impaired adaptive immunity, impaired DNA damage response, and tumorigenesis, <laughs> whatever that means. Uh, it sounds like you can get tumors. Uh, we show evidence from the VAERS database supporting our hypothesis. We believe a comprehensive risk slash benefit assessment of mRNA vaccines 
questions them as positive contributors to public health. Okay, so that's a mouthful, but I'll simplify that for you. It simply means it's bad for you. Got it? All right, so I'll read one more excerpt from her paper. It says here, In the end, billions of lives are potentially at risk given the large number of individuals infected with the SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines and the broad range of adverse outcomes we have described. We call on the public health institutions to demonstrate, with evidence, why the issues discussed in this paper are not relevant to public health and to acknowledge that they are and to act accordingly. Furthermore, we encourage all individuals to make their own health care decisions with this information as a contributing factor in those decisions. All right, so let me play uh, another clip for you uh, from that interview with Dale Bigtree and what she has to say about, you know, specific diseases that are um, were dormant or that it causes uh, and in her research. Uh, take a listen to this. Uh, this is a very long paper, and so there's a lot discussed. So just to break it down right up front, what are, and you mentioned, you know, prion disease, which I know we're going to get into, but what would you list now of the things if, as you've looked at this mRNA technology and we look at the long-term, down-the-road potential consequences, what are the diseases that you believe may be caused by these vaccines? So what is that list right now for you? And it's sometimes just making it worse. You have Parkinson's disease and it gets a lot worse after the vaccine. A lot of it okay. is just making everything you have worse. And certainly cancer is right up there. I think it really accelerates the rate of cancer progression. Um, and then all these neurodegenerative diseases, Parkinson's disease, ALS, Lou Gehrig's, that's Lou Gehrig's disease, yeah. um, CJD, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, probably multiple sclerosis. And then of course, all kinds of blood problems, thrombosis and uh, hemorrhage. Um, pulmonary embolism, which is a consequence of thrombosis, a blood clot getting loose, um, heart problems, all kinds of different heart problems, especially myocarditis, but even heart failure, a heart attack. And uh, it attacks the liver as well. So the liver, the heart, um, the blood <laughs> and yeah. the brain. Uh, yeah, I think those are the main ones. And of course, cancer, and then also increased risk of infection with anything. And you see the herpes, um, shingles, you know, lots of people are getting shingles after the vaccine and um, Bell's palsy, which is probably from an infection, a latent infection that becomes active. So basically we've talked a little bit about this, like maybe dormant viruses or things, or potentially just vulnerabilities to not fight off a virus because your immune system's just beat up by this yes. vaccine and it's not defending you. So is that sinking in now, folks? I mean, after all this information that I just put forth that you heard today, you'd have to be insane to take this vaccine. And it's, again, I'll say it every episode, it's not a vaccine, it's an mRNA gene therapy. It alters your genetics, all right, forever, forever. And these doctors and scientists have been screaming this forever, but you never heard it on mainstream media and you probably never will. And as I've said in other episodes over and over again, because mainstream media is bought and paid for by big pharma. And that's why all these scientists and doctors were silenced and censored, just like the Great Barrington Declaration, all those thousands of doctors that signed the declaration. You think they're all nuts? You think they're all crazy? I don't think so, folks. Thousands of doctors signed a declaration saying we're doing the wrong thing and it's very dangerous. But it was censored because big pharma has big money and they are powerful. Let that sink in. 
Did you notice there's no advertisements on Deep Dive Radio? That's because I don't want corporate sponsors telling us what to say and what to cover. So that's why we rely on listeners like you for our funding on Deep Dive Radio. So if you want to hear the truth that lies beneath the surface, then go to deepdiveradio.com and donate now. All right, so you heard in the first section all about the bad news uh, with the vaccine and why we shouldn't take it, all the bad stuff. But is there a light at the end of the tunnel? And the answer is yes. So in this section, part two here, we're going to talk about what can be done if you've been injured from the vax, or even if you're not, what you can do to help your body with um, the the spike proteins that's that's uh, running through uh, most of your body and uh, maybe not causing problems now, but may in the future. So uh, we're going to talk about um, natural things. Uh, so there was a study done in Japan of a of a substance called natto. Now natto is just a, a a fermented soybean food that they've been eating for eons, and the study showed that it dissolves this spike protein. And you know people in Japan don't die from heart attacks uh, and heart failure like the rest of the Western world does. So um, that's the good news that's coming out here. And let's see if I can find some info uh, from Dr. McCullough, I think, talks about it here. Let me play that clip. Hold on a second. Okay, here's the clip. Take a listen. The only hopeful thing I've seen is a paper from uh, Japan with a supplement called natokinase, which is a natural form of a, of a thrombolytic. It was an interesting preclinical study, but very good. It was the only agent that dissolved the spike protein but left the cells and the, and the, the tissues intact. Okay, so that's good news, right? And so he's, what he's talking about there is natokinase, which is uh, derived from natto, the food. And um, you could get it at, you can get it over the counter on Amazon. So go for it. And let's listen to now um, an, an, another doctor who uh, says the same thing. His name is Dr. Ryan Cole. Let's see what he has to say. Listen up. It's that microclotting that I think is the principal thing that we need to address in medicine. Now, there, there's one thing that I've been a, a big advocate for, and that's uh, derived from uh, fermented soy, natokinase, which is an enzyme that breaks down fibrin. Um, and if you look at, again, parts of the world like northern Japan, they don't die from heart disease and strokes. And they right. eat a lot of this fermented soy in their diet. Right. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not your doctor. I'm just saying an interesting observation is to look at this. It's known as a fibrinolytic enzyme that's naturally available both in food and as a supplement. And I've had colleagues who've ended up with clots after long travels and put on Eliquis and other drugs. And I said, have you tried natokinase? And a day or two later, gosh, their clot is dissolved. All right. Now, that's pretty encouraging news. Um, you hear what he said about um, people are calling him on the phone and he asked them if they took uh, natokinase and they, I guess they said yes. And, and then two days later, the clots were gone. Now, personally, I've been taking it, uh, I don't know, for a few months now. Um, I've not gone to the doctors in years because I, I think the doctors now are living, we're in the dark ages, basically. And they're pretty much handcuffed by big pharma and, and big government. So, um, I, you know, I take it upon myself to do the research, not only for you guys, but for myself as well. So, um, you know, I can't vouch for if it works or not, cause I haven't had any blood tests, but, uh, this is a cool thing, right? We've got, uh, something out there at least to give us some hope, uh, um, natto, which is the food It's a fermented soy. It looks disgusting. If you ever look at it, it's like this sticky gooey looking Martian looking food. And then they have, um, 
the enzyme derived from it called natokinase, which you can buy over the counter. So I just ran out. I got to order some more my, myself, and I got it right on Amazon. So I would suggest do it. Why not? It, what do you got to lose? It's it's uh, it's all we got right now, and they need to do some more clinical trials on this stuff, obviously. And of course, I'm skeptical as if they're going to do it because. They can't make money off it. And if they can't make money off it, they have no interest in looking at it. So they're going to try to find uh, synthetic ways to make drugs that do the same thing as the NATO, and they're going to ignore it probably, which is, which is depressing really. But um, that's, that's the good news here. All right. Let, let, me, uh, let me take a look now and see if I can find anything else online. I think there's one more thing I saw online called bromelain. Uh, let me go find that article. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Did you notice there's no advertisements on Deep Dive Radio? That's because I don't want corporate sponsors telling us what to say and what to cover. So that's why we rely on listeners like you for our funding on Deep Dive Radio. So if you want to hear the truth that lies beneath the surface, then go to deepdiveradio.com and donate now. Okay, I'm back. Um, Yeah, I found the article. And ironically enough, it's on Dr. Fauci's NIH uh, website. It's called PubMed, PubMed Central. Uh, and you can find the truth on these sites, but they oftentimes bury them. So let me take a look here at the abstract. I'll read it to you. Severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 infection is the cause of worldwide pandemic. Currently with limited therapeutic options, the spike glycoprotein and envelope protein of SARS-CoV-2 containing uh, disulfide bridges for stabilization represent an attractive target as they are essential for binding to the ACE2 receptor in host cells present in the nasal mucosa. Bromelain and uh, acetylcysteine, which is uh, short, short for that is Bromac, has synergistic action against glycoproteins by breakage of uh, glycosidic linkages and disulfide bonds. We sought to determine the effect of Bromac on the spike and envelope proteins and its potential to reduce infectivity in host cells. Recumbent spike and envelope SARS-CoV-2 proteins were disrupted by Bromac. So that's a combination of two things, bromelain and uh, NAC. Um, okay, so and, and you can get those over the counter. Uh, let's see what it goes on to say here. Um, in... in 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 vitro whole virus culture of both wild type and spike mutants, SARS-CoV-2 demonstrated a concentration dependent inactivation from Bromac treatment, but not from single agents. Clinical testing through nasal administration in patients with early SARS-CoV-2 infection is imminent. So uh, that's um, just the uh, the abstract. And again, it's on the NIH's website. So these are the people who are supposed to be in charge of all the uh, the policies we have in the United States. Um, and it's on PubMed Central. So it's, we can get a lot of information there. You know, but it's not always easy to find. All right. So finally, I want to address um, people that are suffering now from dementia that may be uh, because, of, you know, the repercussions from taking the... Um, the vaccine, the mRNA jab. So um, there's a big uptick in um, dementia going on. In case you weren't noticing, so um, I, you know, I'm a digger, of course, as you know. And I was recently looking up uh, anything I can find to help with dementia, whether it's the plaque buildup or even reverse 
uh, that process, okay? So I came across a substance called pine bark extract. And then the they synthesized that and to make it in into a pill, which is called, uh, it's called uh, pycnogenol. It's an extract from the bark of the French maritime pine, which I, I have some in my my uh, cabinet. I, I take it because uh, sometimes I go brain dead at night, you know, <laughs> an extra beer or two. You know? So we need to get that blood flowing back in there. Uh, so it says here, Pycnogenol is thought to improve cognitive functions in elderly. We wanted to investigate and quanti- uh, this. By the way, this is off of um, PubMed again. I'm getting this off of the same site I got before. So the, let's get, read this again. It says, uh, uh, plant extracts are increasingly investigated as potential drugs against Alzheimer's uh, and dementia in general. Uh, Pycnogenol is an extract from the bark of the French maritime pine with known antioxidative and neuroprotective effects. Hypothesis. Pycnogenol is thought to improve cognitive functions in elderly. We wanted to investigate and quantify these effects in a model system of cerebral blah, 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 blah. But let's go down. We'll go down to the conclusion and the results. It says results. Pycnogenol significantly decreased the number of plaques in both treatment paradigms, but did not alter levels of soluble AB or or the gene expressive of APP processing enzymes. Uh, The morphological analysis revealed no changes in the number of neurons, astrocytes, microglia. (laughs) All right, don't don't hold me to the pronunciation on some of these terms. These are like reading Chinese sometimes, okay? Okay, so onward. The myelination pattern and the morphology of axons. Behavioral uh, testing revealed an improvement of the spatial memory in the pre-onset treatment paradigm only. I don't know. I don't know what I just read. So the conclusion. That's more important. Let's read the conclusion. In conclusion, our results suggest to evaluate clinically and potential use of pycnogenol in the prevention or in early stages of myocognitive impairment (MCI) and AD. All right, now, you know, that's a lot of big words. Let's unpack that. Basically, what it means in lay terms is that it can improve your memory and help dementia patients, okay? Maybe it delays it. Who knows? All right, so there's some good news for you guys. Um, You know, it's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Who knows? Maybe we'll get this thing out there for folks. Uh, But if if you've taken the vaccine... Um, what harm can it can it do to take these natural things for you to dissolve some of these uh, micro blood clots that might be developing in your body? And not it's it's all over your body. It it travels all through your body. So um, I'm hopeful for the future. And um, oh, please, uh, God bless. I hope uh, the best for everyone. We'll see you on the next episode. And uh, have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Did you notice there's no advertisements on Deep Dive Radio? That's because I don't want corporate sponsors telling us what to say and what to cover. So that's why we rely on listeners like you for our funding on Deep Dive Radio. So if you want to hear the truth that lies beneath the surface, then go to deepdiveradio.com and donate.